right. Welcome to our weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex. Podcast. You can come sleep on my couch if you need to. I'm playing the intro right now. Steven are set to tackle all the questions, rumors, and ideas surrounding BioWare's newest endeavor. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, please tweet us at Freelancer Codex, find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or email us at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 35 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I am your host, Steve, along with my co-hosts, Michael, Devin, and JD. Guys, what is up? What's cracking, everybody? How you doing? <laughs> now Mike's, like, away from his microphone. <laughs> I'm right here. Oh, I'm man. Anywhere. I'm glad that we could all come back together. JD is back um, from a hiatus from episode 34 couldn't handle being around around us that long so he just had to take a break but he's back preparing for a wedding if you guys didn't know he's preparing for a wedding that's going to be happening and then in a couple days he'll be free with that so he's pretty excited right jd done with this wedding stuff oh yeah uh, done with that and then straight on to making preparations for ea play and e3 so Woo-woo! right on mike Devin, you guys excited for ea play yeah. So excited. Can't wait. On a scale of Let's 1 jump. to 11, how excited are you? Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, okay. I was going to say Heck. your voice is probably registering around that. So. Two and a half. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Devin, pretty excited? Yeah, no, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, I'd say I'm about uh, eight or nine. You know, I'm trying to keep it uh, in check. Keep in mind on other things till before I get packed, you know. Um, Get back. You're not funny. already I, packed. No, I'm not packed for our trip yet. Next month. Oh, uh, had a great time last year going to E3, and I'm excited. You know, last year I really wanted to go to EA Play and uh, try and get to any of the other conferences I could, but uh, all I was concerned about was going to E3. But this year it's kind of the opposite. So, right on. Well, break it down for us. Michael has never been outside of New Mexico, the state of New Mexico, except for Boston. So break it down. <laughs> For a country kid going into the big city, what is there to expect at a conference such as E3? Oh, that's a lot of people. Last year there was over 75,000 people there. It was super crowded. Um, it's one of the first – how long has it been since they let the public in? It's been a couple of years uh, since they had the public in there. Um so this year was super crowded because you could buy buy your way into it. So they had 75,000 people that purchased tickets in there, and then plus all the developers and media. So <laughs> it was super crowded. But there's a, a lot of space this year. You know, Microsoft's going across the street to the Microsoft Theater. <laughs> and uh, they're doing all of their E3 stuff there, so that's going to free up a bunch of space. And honestly, that's really the only place I stayed around. You could go to two different sections at the convention center, uh, but it was super crowded. You know, even though they had huge spaces and huge booths everywhere, uh, there's just, you know, crowds of people trying to get through to play demos and to check out these games. And what I did with my friend, we were there and we would just kind of walk around. We, we tried to go see everything we could, but uh, a lot of them, you know, had huge lines. So if you wanted to play a game, like we tried to play the new Call of Duty there, and that was like a four-hour wait. 
And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good at that. Or uh, Destiny 2, you know, and I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you know, unless you're running in there and you get lucky. And the the hard thing was is, you know, you could we would get there early, you know, like three, eight, four hours early before they would open up. And uh, so we got up at like 4.30 or 5 in the morning so we could get there. But they would let people in from separate spots. So, like, we were going up and we'd go up these stairs and then they'd stop us. Like what the crap's going on? And then they just all of a sudden they let people in from the second floor that had gone up to the second floor, and there was like you know thousands of people they let through, and so it was kind of a bummer. Is that like their fast pass? <laughs> yeah, no, there's no different passes. They just whoever the people that are in charge decided to let people through. So that was a little frustrating. So we mostly just stayed around the Microsoft booth because they had like 15 minute demos, and so you could just kind of walk around their booth. Because they wouldn't let you stop because it was a crammed space and thousands of people were trying to get through there. And uh, you would just walk around until you could get an open space in the line. And so once you get in the line and you wait, maybe uh, depending on which game. Like the longest I waited was for Assassin's Creed. And that was like 45 minutes. So um, I got to play Crackdown 3 four times was there. Played uh, Forza. Played... Uh, Minecraft. I played a bunch of different games that were there. We played the the uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighter game. So um, sounds like a lot of people. Sounds like a lot of cramped spaces. It was, and this, that cement floor is hard. <laughs> Wear so. good shoes, then, huh? Yep. So all right, Mike's as a as a uh, what is it? Probably thirty four year veteran of Disneyland. Since you've got the spots, the all the know how to get through large crowds. Do you think? Your knowledge is going to benefit this team as we navigate our way through the crowds of E3. I don't know. Um, I, don't. I mean, <laughs> crowds are crowds are crowds most of the time, and as long as you're, I don't know, moving orderly, I guess. I'm not sure where you're. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you don't have any crowds. So. You don't have any tips got, or tricks on movement and crowd um, crowd well, navigation. Is that Usually it's the stroller that helps you in Disneyland to navigate a crowd because people typically get out of the way when you run over their ankles. So without doubt, the stroller. Gonna, yeah, I doubt we're pushing a stroller. I mean, so. <laughs> I mean it would be different for us because right we're going to EA Play as press. So that will be kind of a different experience for us. I mean, we'll get behind the scenes. There was a ton of behind the scenes stuff at E3. So a lot of the areas and, and – uh, spaces were kind of cut off because they had the behind-the-scenes stuff for the press and then the other areas where the public can come and play the demos. So yeah, it seems like they I'm need ex- to pick one and just go with it, right? Yeah, or have, you know, what they're doing this year is they're having more time in the morning for the press. So it's like, all right, the press get like three hours in the morning where it's only press. And then after that, then the public can come in. And so uh, when I talked to a few of the people in the press last year that I ran into along there, they just thought it was just absolute mayhem and it was really hard to do anything you know because of the crowds of people but um so that'd be interesting to see you know for ea play how many people are there and and what uh, kind of opportunity we get so very cool jd you actually got a ticket to go to the microsoft uh briefing how excited are you for that uh well i mean so excited but also not like there's a part of me that isn't excited because I've been to a few conventions out in LA before. Um, 
I've gone to. Uh, <laughs> but the last the last time I was in a I was in the LA Convention Center, I was working for a Japanese animation studio, and we were uh, promoting a new anime on Netflix uh, during Anime Expo. And I think there were some like fifty thousand people there that year. I think it was Anime Expo twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. And um, I I remember thinking to myself, okay, if it wasn't for the fact that I was working here and I got and I get to use um, like the kind of like employee shortcuts and avoid a lot of the lines and crowds, I did not want to do anything like this like ever again. <laughs> But, I don't think the, um, the Microsoft briefing, briefing is going to be like that, though. Oh no, 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 because no. uh, I'm I'm excited for that because uh, uh, I'm excited because like when I thought when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, okay, wait. So the Microsoft Theater is just the new name for the Nokia Theater, and I've been in the Nokia Theater before, and it's it's a pretty comfortable theater, uh, and I don't think that it can hold like amount of people that would you know freak me out or anything like that, but. Uh, I am excited. I've never, I've never been to one of these in person, um, and I am just really curious to see how it plays out and what they do for the crowd because I know they do all kinds of stuff for the crowd uh, every year. Um, sometimes it's you know swag on the way out. Other times it's um, passes to E3, which I believe Devin, you said that they're not doing that this year. Yeah, they didn't announce that for so last year they did because they screwed up their fan fest. That's how I got into E3. Uh, was because when you signed up for the fan fest, it let people let more than the 400 that they were going to send in, uh, let more than that in to register for it. And so uh, they're like, "Oh, you got in," and then it's like, "Oh, wait, we had like thousands of people register." So they gave them Microsoft paid for passes, you know, for people to get into E3 which it's like 250 bucks. Obviously for them, I'm sure it was cheaper, but for the general public, it's $250. Uh, that's what it was last year. I don't know what it is this year. And uh, so, I mean, they gave those out. If you could make it, you know, you could go to there, but it, it still wasn't, you know, the fan fest where they have the behind the scenes. You get a meet and greet with everybody from Microsoft, play the games early. You have hours of time. They're doing a all Sunday night, all Monday for fan fest, but, you're going to the briefing, which is still really awesome. Yeah, and, uh, so. I'm. I'm really excited to see uh, what they do and what happens there. You know, I've been a fan of Xbox since uh, for like uh, since days, like, expect- right? <laughs> <laughs> no, days. like I, I've been a fan of I've been a fan of Xbox since like I worked all summer uh, to like mowing lawns to earn enough money to buy my brother an Xbox for his birthday. And of course, the good thing about having a brother who has an Xbox is I also get to play the Xbox. So, sure. um, but you know, I've always been a fan. I've always I, I usually do like a E three party at my place where we watch it live. But this year, I actually will be there for one of the conferences, and I will be at EA Play as press. So I am for uh, this June. So. Right yeah, they're, so they're they're doing uh, Bethesda's going to have one. Ubisoft's got theirs on Monday. So last year they both let public in. So I'm hoping, you know, we can get a chance to go to those because they have a lot of good stuff coming out. So. Oh yeah, we will just have to see. Well, very cool. Excited to excited for EA Play and what it's going to be about a month's time. We get to see uh, some new footage of Anthem, which is going to be pretty exciting. Forty-one days. 
41 days, if Devin's math is to be believed. Well, we do have a little bit of news. There has been a sighting of Brendan Holmes on the internet. So he's <laughs> um, the Bioware team's been off working hard, heads down into the grind, getting things ready for E3. I mean, that's always a big thing for um, developers. As E3 comes around, you got to put up something to show. Um, so good group of the people start working on that, fixing up that slice of the game, making it look as... As good as possible, and one redditor um, that goes by the name of Smita16. I don't wonder if that's Smitter or Smita. Anyway, they say, "Hey, do you remember about a month ago when Brendan disappeared for about a week because they were nearing a completed milestone? Because Brendan has been gone. We we talked about this last time. They've been gone for haven't said really much on Reddit for a while now. They said, "What do you think they're working on now? Maybe getting the beta ready? Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. But Brendan jumps on Reddit." And he says, yep, everyone's currently working pretty hard. We're doing a lot of iterating and polish on the content that will be the focus for EA Play um, and E3. So just, I guess, chiming in to confirm that they're working on this slice of the game. And then one person from Reddit, um, APater6076, says, so I have to ask, how much does creating something to be shown and play to E3 distract from the actual development and production of the game itself. I know E3 is a hugely important showcase for most games and publishers, but I often wonder what effect, if any, it has on the actual game. Delays, things being missed out, anything else? Brennan says, it's more of a question of focus. The things we're showing have to get done at some point, but if we weren't showing it at E3, we'd likely be doing it in a slightly different order. So any any good insight that you guys glean from this? I mean, I think one of the general things that that the gaming community thinks that if a developer is working on a small portion of the game, or if they're taking any time away from the game to work on a demo, to work on an E3 thing, to work on videos, um, that it's automatically assumed that they're taking developers away from the development of the core game, and that it can kind of be construed as that time is being wasted, right? I mean, we've all heard that, that if you're working on vault space, then you're not working on story content. And I don't think, and that's not necessarily true. These are huge teams of developers that, you know, they have plans, they have milestones that they're hitting. It's not like they just, oh yeah, we got to work on this E3 thing. Hey, you four people, get over here and do this, you know? They don't do that. It's planned out ahead of time. They know when E3 is. It's the same time every year. So they have people working on this. I don't think it detracts at all from the actual development of the game. For me, it's actually kind of good news because I have read a ton of different stories, you know, from developers uh, that I've followed in the past where, you know, they make stuff just for E3 and it really does distract from the game because they end up making stuff that never makes it into the final game. Whereas he's saying, you know, it's actually planned out they might have changed the order of how they're doing things, but what they're showing is going to end up in the game. Uh, unlike, you know, with Bungie or other developers in the past who have made, a, you know, whole demos for E3 that none of it even made it into the final game for what they were showing off. And that's happened multiple times for Bungie. And that, you know, they have specifically have talked about how it takes months out of their schedule and for these people that are working on it to try and get this demo together to show off because, you know, the publisher, whoever wants to show off the game, but uh, so they have to figure out something to show. But thankfully it sounds like for Anthem, the stuff that they're showing is actually part of the game, you know, and not 
distracting from it. Like you said, it's just rearranging the order of how they're getting things done. So that to me is exciting because I know what I'm seeing is going to be in the final game. And that's what I'm taking it as. So Yeah, thinking of uh, other developers that have created things for E3 to show off that never showed up. I Like Nintendo picks my brain a lot when they showed off the uh, Mario 64 demo. I mean, those are more tech demos, but those are the things that they showed. Um, yeah. like they had all those Mario's dropping down on that cloth. And then even, I think it was in the GameCube, they released that little link demo fighting the, um, fighting the spider that everyone thought yeah. or wanted it to be the game. And it ended up not being the game. And then Wind Waker <laughs> came out, yeah. but it's so nothing like, the game. Yeah. <laughs> nothing like the game at all. Exactly. So pretty interesting. Mike, do you have any comments that you would like to add? Only that, um, I'm excited to go and that I don't, I mean, if you, we want to see Anthem, so we don't care necessarily. I don't think if it's what you give us is in the game. It'd be cool if it is, but it'd be cool if it's not too. I mean, I don't think it. I don't have a preference either way. Right on. It's just kind of the having something new to talk about, whether it actually makes it to the game or not. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. It's 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 kind of maybe I don't want them to give too much away, but give me a little bit because I mean you don't want to go in knowing everything, I guess, but. I, I don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm very split on the uh, on the idea of of what should be and should not be, and what it means if something is there or not. So what? So give me an example of something that you think should be shown at E3 in regard in regards to Anthem. Um, just more of the world, I think, because um, that's how you start building a world is by showing the world. Um, maybe a little bit of, of a tease on on maybe what some of the things we might be doing. Um, and then maybe just some of the, some of the questions that everybody has that ought to be answered, you know, um, uh, PVP, PVE. Um, How do they get their shoes in the javelins? Those kind of things. Maybe, maybe. Tough shoes. Tough shoes. They're, they're tough shoes. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think what I'm doing is, is not going in with too many expectations. So that so that I'm a not let down and b that I have a good experience, and I'm not just waiting for oh you failed on this oh you failed on that or oh you didn't do what I thought you should do there. And I'm pretty new to game development and games anyway, and so like I said, I don't have too many expectations because because I, I don't know what to expect. This is my first this is my first EA play. So so tempering expectations, I think that's a good way to go into it. Like you said, it's very easy to build something up in your mind. And then to be let down because, it, I mean, many it's happened to many games. It happened to Mass Effect Andromeda. I think that was ultimately one of the big downfalls of the game that, you know, after Mass Effect 3, fans built up what they wanted a movie to be. And, or not a movie, but they wanted what they, they, what they wanted the game to be. And then ultimately it wasn't that. Also, it's, you know, you think of something like Star Wars um, Last Jedi. We all really had questions on who's Ray's, uh, Ray's parentage, and when it turned out not to be an issue at all, I think that kind of uh, hurt a couple uh, Star Wars fanboys' egos. But anyway, well, we I digress. Too much, right? When we really find out who her parents are, it will be a big payoff. I see. Her what's parents different. weren't nobody, right? Let's not get on this. Let's okay. not do this. I mean, we... Street reds. Let's not go here. <laughs> Street reds. <laughs> Anyway, rat, I'll give you a street rat. <laughs> so, uh, oh, JD, wow. you have a little contest here that you wanted to propose to to the three of us. So, why don't you take the take the curtain off this challenge that you wanted to talk about? 
Well, uh, I don't really have a better name for it, so I'm going to call it JD's Bioware Challenge. But considering the fact that out of the four of us, uh, I have played the most Bioware games, and are you sure? We've, I, I, I think I think I'm sure. Think is that I'm, I'm, is that documented? Like like eighty like eighty percent sure? I don't know. I, I'm not sure if there's enough support. You're giving yourself eighty percent odds. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Mike's I have low I have low self confidence, man. It's abysmal. You're lucky you're getting played games. So maybe, gonna, maybe Mike, maybe Mike has lied to me this whole time. He doesn't talk to me outside the podcast. Time, man. <laughs> we know Mike has lied to you this whole time. That, I mean, that wasn't in question. Like he's he's just gonna it's come. He's just gonna come in. <laughs> but he's like, I've played every Bioware game ever. <laughs> games. So we we've talked about it a few times on the podcast about what Bioware's storytelling is like, or like the kind of world building um that we would like to see and that and you know that sort of thing and there's a lot of qualities to bioware games that um i'm very familiar with that the rest of you guys aren't at this point and i feel like we need to uh we need to put a little bit of a uh a fire under you to uh to get you guys ready for uh not only um covering well, like going in with some good questions about Anthem for EA Play, but also for when we meet, um, I, I want I want you guys to have a better appreciation of who these developers are when we go and meet them. So my challenge to you guys is between now and EA Play, you guys can pick any Bioware game ever made. Um, like, uh, I think their first game was Shattered Steel, unless I'm mistaken. Uh but pick one Bioware game and you have to play it from start well, from start to finish and beat it before EA play. And that's a challenge. You guys could pick anyone you want. And for the sake of this, I would like you guys to um, state what game you guys are going to play. Hopefully tonight, if you guys have a major decision, you can announce it at the next, well, like next week. But so what I'd like I, you guys, if possible, to announce it today. What if I choose Shattered Steel and there are like zero of the same developers that created Shattered Steel <laughs> that are working on um, Anthem right now? Are we 100% sure that there's zero left? Let's see. Oh, Casey's there. Drew's gone. David Gator. Jeff Hickman. Ray Muzoka, Greg Zachsuka, James O. I don't know. Patrick. Oh Sarah. my god! So <laughs> you just—that's wow. that's what I'm destroyed so, that name. I did. I'm I'm terrible with names. So here's I'm I'm gonna be brutally honest. And all those foreign relations. It's true. Yeah. I I will be I will be brutally honest as I as I looked because I I saw the challenge like okay I think I can do that. I've dabbled in Baldur's Gate. I played a little. I played halfway through Mass Effect Andromeda. Like looking at this list. There's not a game on here that that really that I'm like I really want to play that game, and and I don't know if it's just because of the how old the games are. I mean, some of them are newer. I'm not saying that I won't go back and play an old game, but man, there's like there's nothing that really is like saying, hey, I actually want to play that game, and I don't know if that's just me or if it says something about the kind of games that I enjoy, but maybe I just need help picking one of these games and sit down and actually go through it because right now it's like man 
I don't know if I want to do that. I know well, I should we could also, because it's, you know. We could also put some stakes on this because uh, I, I have. Though, JD. Well, I have, I have no problem with, I don't know, like uh, rewarding whoever finishes uh, their game first. Oh, that's that. that uh, when, we're not, in, when, when you guys are all in LA, that should not I, be I, part I will of the buy, contest. Then. <laughs> Devin, I, I will buy dinner or whatever for whoever does it first. Will you buy corn dogs? Corn dogs, well, sure, corn dogs, whatever you want. Corn if dogs. You want corn dogs. If if we if we ever do a contest that involves beating a game faster than someone else, Devin will win because he will stay up and he has time. To play. <laughs> um, oh man! So I, I don't know, Devin. Have, Devin, you you got you were. Extended this challenge. Is there like a list, a game on here that you're like, okay, I'll go play that game and beat it? Yeah, I'm going to play uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I purchased it because I was excited to play it when it came out, and it's just been on my. Uh, I played it real quick when it first came out and had a lot of bugs, obviously, but they released a bunch of patches since then. Um, <laughs> I remember my first character. I got to first planet, and uh, I was just walking along, and then my character just caught on fire. There's nothing on the ground. What? And my character is just on fire. <laughs> is your fire? Is your character? And I looked around, and I found a fire, but it was like 20 feet away from me, over by a building. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here. And then uh, I started Must playing be something part else. Part of the Bioware game. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'll just wait till they patch this because I know there's a lot of issues. Uh, you know, it's a definitely difficult development, and uh, you know, so everything they showed, I was kind of excited for, and uh, I hadn't really ever played. I played some of the Mass Effect, but it was just too slow for me, uh, the first one. And uh, the little bit that I played of this, the of Andromeda, seemed a little bit better to me. And uh, also, uh, I had thought about Dragon Age because I'm always interested in that kind of stuff. But uh, JD had said it is uh, a long, much longer time for completion. Yeah, so I can, uh, considered how much time I have to play in uh, in the evenings, and I was like, "Well, I could, you know, because there's yeah. only there's 41 days till E3, but we're going to be leaving the Friday before E3 starts, so that cuts us down like four days or three days." So yeah, I mean, Dra- uh, Dragon Age Origins is by far the longest, but it is probably um, in like the in the I, I would say it's probably the best uh, Bioware game of the last 10 years. What about Warhammer Online? How how many hours do I have to put into Warhammer Online? That's that's not Bioware. Yeah, what is. if it's you Bioware guys mythic. just watch the playthroughs of the games? <laughs> I mean, you, you guys. I mean, that's also that's also possible if you guys would like. Uh, the whole thing is that I want you guys to be exposed to, uh, like how they do world building, how they do well, how they do the stories. Um, how they ha- well, like what kind of uh, gameplay is on top of combat. Because, I mean, Dragon Age and uh, Mass Effect have wildly different styles of combat gameplay. And, but the, but it's still, uh, still complemented um, party interactions by uh, the way how the story develops, by uh, how they expand upon the world, uh, and how you uh, more or less get through the story. Because it's, a, it's very much a, a great example of interactive storytelling. It's kind of like Telltale at times, except Telltale doesn't really. Well, like, Telltale usually skimps on the gameplay portion. Yeah, um, more story, and, less gameplay. So I can, yeah, more so I can story, just play a less tell, gameplay. Game. I can just do one of those, and that'll count. Is that what you're saying? 
Uh, no, no, no. Mike, do you got a list? Or you got a game from this list that you're going to try? Um, I'm actually, I think I do. I think I have one on box right now. That is Bioware. Um, I can't remember which one it is though. It's the one you and I started playing, Steve. Which one was that? Which one did we start playing? Did no. we start playing it? We started was playing Warframe. You're thinking of Warframe. You're thinking of Warframe. That's not Bioware. Oh. Yeah, that's digital know. extremes. You're thinking, yeah, that's a thinking, different game. Thinking Muffin Hunter. You that's a thinking, different uh, community Hunter. developer. <laughs> Muffin Hunter. Oh, yeah. Um. So let me let me let me let me list. I'll do. I'm gonna do. Uh. I'm gonna do. Um. <laughs> this is okay. This is okay. I will. I will try to do it. I'm almost done with The Witcher Three. Finally, and then I will jump Why don't on. Let's try and finish Andromeda. Dude, like, you're halfway through. I I am, but <laughs> I could also just punch myself in the groin multiple times. And... <laughs> you having that kind of time? I mean, it's always a party when you punch yourself in the pants. So. I mean, that's like, <laughs> I tried. I re- I really tried to get through Andromeda. I can try again, but I mean, the villain's about as interesting as this can of Mountain Dew. If you're looking, right, no spoilers, if you're sorry. looking for a good villain. I wasn't though. Villain. I was just looking for a good time, and I didn't find it. Oh, he's just a young boy <laughs> for a good time. He just couldn't find it. Man. I know. What what can I say? So I will I will pick one. Uh, Mike will pick one. Mike, which one are you picking? Mike, you're still picking. Okay. I don't you, know, I'm thinking. Okay, you think, I'll think, and then we'll respond, and we can follow up on episode 36, and we'll decide where we go from there, and we'll see, we'll check in with Devin, how far he's going, and we'll check in with JD playing a Bioware game that he has not played, which is for the 3DS, if you'll get uh, the Sonic Chronicles <laughs> one. Oh, wow. It's uh, a little pricey. Yeah, you got to have some stakes in this also. So we'll see (laughs) if Devin can beat Andromeda before JD can actually get a copy of Sonic Chronicles. Oh, I was was going to restart and actually finish Jade Empire. I was going to stream that. Nice. Yeah, I'm also going to stream my playthrough of Andromeda. Yeah, so uh, if you're a fan of Freelancer... Codex, uh, be prepared for some Devin and JD action, but separately Whoa. in separate okay. places. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's getting real blue. Join with oh, separate action. Yeah. All right. So real quick, let's talk about let's talk about Anthem. Are we gonna? Can we? Man, I feel like I can't even follow up after thinking about Mass Effect and Andromeda. All right, <laughs> Devin, you had a topic that you wanted to talk about. So take us into this topic. Yes. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Let's get all topical yeah. up in here. So one of the things a lot of people have been talking about is co-op. You know, uh, recent big release, Far Cry 5, uh, they had co-op in there. A lot of people were excited. You can make your own maps. You can do all kinds of stuff, multiplayer. Uh, but when you're playing co-op through the campaign, there are issues. Right? One of the biggest issues is, it, is a tether, you. basically. And uh, – um, they, uh, you can only go so far away from the, you know, the host of the game, and or you get teleported right back to them. So that's pretty limiting, right? And so there's a couple things I want to talk about. The reason, you know, uh, would you be fine with the tether in Anthem? Uh, number two, what kind of progress should be saved? So another big game that's coming out is State of Decay 2. Uh, maybe not a huge game for a lot of people, uh, but it's kind of a cult uh, classic, as you, if you want to call it that, for uh, the Xbox 360. 
and a lot of people I'm excited for it comes out this month but uh, they have co-op but the people that previewed it and got to play it said it has a tether so you can only go so far uh, they're also saying you can only save so much but like any gear you pick up in the game you can progress your character that you bring into the game um, but you can't select missions uh, and then also the missions that you complete are only completed for the host not for your game um, so we can talk about that um, maybe we should just go one topic at a time since there's four topics so that way we don't have to try and remember about which topic we are on. I agree. Let us do that. So you start us off. Which topic you want to talk about? So we'll, we'll start with the tethering or the, the, the limiting distance. So one, one game that's also coming out this year is Crackdown 3. Uh, they have already stated for their four-player co-op, you can go anywhere on the three islands when you're playing in four-player co-op through the story mode. Uh, so you don't have to be close to anyone at all. And uh, I think that's really the way it should be for open world games. Um, I can understand for for a few things. Uh, for me, the only the only way that it works is if it goes with the storyline. Like uh, talking about State of Decay 2, it's a zombie game. It's an open world zombie game, and uh, your characters have permadeath. So when you save a survivor, you can play as that survivor. And if that survivor dies, that, that survivor's gone. All their skills they have. Uh, everything you've leveled up in that character and, and everything is gone. As well as the missions that you can do with that character. So for me, it kind of makes sense to stick together and have a tether for the multiplayer for that. Because if you're in an ap apocalyptic setting trying to survive against the zombies, uh, don't you think you should all really be playing together and not be like wandering off on your own in a far away place? Um, so to me, that makes sense. So... I think if they have a tether, it has to make sense, uh, or it's just going to limit the gameplay and people are not going to want to use it. What do you guys think? Mike, why don't you go first while I gather my thoughts? Um, no, that actually, that makes a lot of sense for once, Devin. You <laughs> point that makes sense. Um, I agree. That, that if it, one point if on the scoreboard. One point on the scoreboard. If it serves the story, then yes. Although there are times where I'm playing games with Steve, and I wish I would have had a tether because he kind of likes to wander off and explore things, and I'm <laughs> like have a limited window, and I'm trying to get said accomplishment done, and he's just like dinking around somewhere, and I'm fighting Mega Boss by myself, which all I right, normally do all right, all right. when I play with Steve. The so <laughs> tether would have been nice. Get back over here. Get over here. So oh, nice yeah. old video game reference, Mike. Video game? Wow. JD? Well, so I, I like... How do they do it in a Bioware game? Well, uh... I was just totally, was I was just totally kidding. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna say it because it's a good oh, example. I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, that's a good example of uh, parties being able to go wh uh, wherever they want. Now, obviously, they can't go to a different planet, but they could be in different areas of the same uh, of the same world. And let's say you go into like a cinematic uh, conversation, you know, like the kind of conversation with a dialogue wheel and such. If your party member is somewhere else, instead of just being like forcibly teleported over to wherever the other uh, the other player is, like you know, like via tethering or teleportation or whatever. Um, if you're far away from the conversation and it's a conversation that uh, is part of the party's quest, 
uh, what'll happen is that uh, one of those like Star Wars hologram things will just show up in your place and you'll just be teleported into the conversation. I'm well, not teleported, but basically uh, you'll see the conversation on your end, but instead of you actually being there, you're a hologram. And then when the conversation ends, you are immediately right back to where you left off. So personally, I like that because it allows, it allows, you know, everybody in the party to participate in cinematics and story moments without necessarily completely abandoning whatever it was they were doing, because you never know uh, in something like Anthem, you might be in the middle of exploring some cool underwater ruins and your friends like, Hey, I just need to turn this quest in real quick. And they enter into a dialogue scene. And then if it teleports you there and then you're suddenly there, now you got to find your way all the way back to where you were and go back in and it, you, you have to do a bunch of stuff over again, as opposed to just being like having a, holographic placeholder put in i don't think they'll do it for anthem but i mean if they could do something similar to that i think that would be cool um but i mean that's really all i have to say about that so cool i actually don't like the idea of a tether at all i like i understand why they do it for you know memory issues or just trying to get as many assets on the screen at one time so you keep people together so you don't have to load as many assets in a video game but mm-hmm. I, I really like the idea of just being able to go out and explore while you're talking with your friends, with your buddies that you play with all the time. And if one person wants to go right, one person wants to go left, having the freedom to do that I think is really important. Or else it kind of, say you are playing together and someone puts the controller down because they got to go take care of something and you're only able to go so far because they're not moving. You know, that, that can get kind of frustrating. Um, but just being able to be free from that person and going through the story and, you know, I, I like the idea of not being tethered to someone while I'm playing games with them. Especially like Mike said, if you have someone that's just in that mood to go off and do whatever and try to mess everything up that you're trying to do, I'd rather not be tethered to that person. So that's what I think as far as tethers yeah. go. Yeah, I think it only really belongs. I mean, obviously, we've played games in the past where they teleport you uh, to that character's location and obviously that's for technical reasons uh if they can create the game world where you can go anywhere you want and that's okay and and really i think from the movement that we've seen in anthem that um i I mean i wouldn't think that there's a tether but we don't know how we're gonna i mean it's an open it's supposed to be a big open world you know i don't know so questions need to be answered of course um you know so hopefully they'll we'll find those out at uh EA play and if not we can ask him you know um, because that's going to be a, a, it's, it gets super annoying especially when you're exploring and you know I do the same thing like Steven does we wander off and we just go explore on our own and uh, I mean I want to be part of the party and the group but I don't want to be you know stuck uh, you know oh I'm checking out something cool over here and then I just get teleported away and it's super annoying and so but that's interesting. Let us know what you guys think about tethering and if that's an issue for you guys or not. Uh, so the next thing they talked about was about the, the save progression. So when you join somebody's game, uh, you know, especially for like State of KQ 2, which is coming out, the, the host, their progression goes up with the story and the missions that you're playing um, and also your characters, at least uh, from what we've heard, the characters that you bring in because you have to bring in one of your survivors from your game. 
you can level up that character and, and continue to progress them through their skill trees and stuff like that. And any weapons or gear that you find, will, you can take with you. Uh, but supplies and stuff that go for the base, the home base that you have to build in that game, uh, can't go with you. So if there is something similar where, or I guess to say, if we're playing co-op, what kind of progression do you expect? Um, is it going to kind of be like we've talked about early on, we talked about having uh, each game being distinct where, you know, you jump into your friend's game, that's your friend's game, and their decisions have made uh, effects on that game world, right? So their decisions have changed the story of the game world. And um, if it's similar to what they're kind of doing with State of Decay 2, where the hosts, you know, their decisions, you know, and the, the missions they go on uh, is what you're going to do. Uh, what kind of progress do you want to see for your characters? See, that's an interesting question because I hadn't thought of if if we're actually changing our game world to be different to other people's, how would that affect progression, opening up different story um, story dialogue, different story paths? Um, so I guess we'll have to figure out. We'll have to see more on that if that if that's actually actually a thing because that would change this a lot if. If I go into your game and have access to a quest that I haven't even done the first part on or don't even have access to because of different decisions that I made, then how mm. would that affect my own game? So that's kind of interesting to think that way. However, I think that if there are common quest, quest chains throughout the game, that these things will always be constant, then if I go into your game and complete them, even if I haven't started on that quest chain yet, I want that to be checked off, That at least that leg of the quest to be checked off on my game. Because I don't want to be hindered um, because I haven't done that part yet in my own game when I've already completed all the steps, all the tasks necessary in your game to complete it. So I want that to transfer over. Anything I complete in your game, I want that box checked off in my own game because I don't want to do it again. Also, on top of that, one thing I really want, if I complete the game on one character... I want all that stuff to be unlocked on my other characters also. If I create a new character, I want all those to be unlocked automatically. I don't want to have to play through the same thing over and over and over again just on a new character just to unlock it. If I do it once, I want it to be unlocked on all future characters as well. So you're thinking like, so you have your main character, because the way I see for Anthem is you have your one main character, which is whoever you are, and then a javelin is not a new character, it's just a new javelin, an exosuit. And so uh, if you've uh, unlocked it wearing, you know, a specific javelin, it, it doesn't change anything. Unlike, you know, other games where you have a specific class, I think, you know, in this game you have your one character that connects everything together and the javelins change the class or the way you, t you play. So I, I think in Anthem it will be, you know, like you're talking about, when you complete it, it's all unlocked. And if you change your javelin or whatever, it's not going to. You don't have to redo everything. I still think you'll have to have multiple characters just for people playing on one Xbox. If there's, you know, multiple people playing, they'll have to have save slots for, for more than one character also, though. I'm yeah, sure. but that's usually uh, taken care of by uh, gamer profiles now, isn't it? Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, if there's if you have one Xbox and you have one profile that multiple people play on because you don't want to pay an extra $60 just for another profile, you might... I mean, well, I'm sure they have. Uh, I mean, because you can have a family of profiles on there. They can. Uh, yeah. I have on my Xboxes. Xbox I have Live accounts. Right, you can, but I mean, it's still how they're all doing it now because that's 
because you can do that doesn't mean the majority of people will do that and the majority of parents will know how to do that for their kids. I mean, Destiny has, you can do multiple accounts on there also, but they still give you three save slots for other people, yeah. you know. I'm sure the I'm sure they'll have multiple. I mean, that's pretty common for most games is to have multiple game saves. Right. I'm just yeah, saying if, if I want to make character it, slots, if I want to make an alt, I don't want to gotcha. have to go through the whole thing all over again when they know I've already. Oh, done okay. It. So you want to be able to link it all together if you make another character. But I guess I don't know if you. I mean, if you're making an alt, what is what what would be the point of that for in Anthem if the javelins are the are the character types. Instead of well, you know uh, us, you, you know us gamers. We will find a way to min max, and if if that involves making an alt, then then that's yeah, what that's we'll true. Do. You know, if you got to make an well, alt, and, that's what you got to do. So. Right, and it's a Bioware game, so some people might want to play it over again just to see different choices or different uh, outcomes or whatever. If so. you have choices, yeah. What do you think, JD? What do you think? What kind of progress do you want to, to cross over? If we need I to mean, these games. So my only concern with um, what Mike said about like basically just having things get checked off if you've done them uh, in a co-op situation is the fact that um, it's kind of like people um, – it's kind of like people who are like uh, – I think the raid from uh, Destiny 2 would be a good example of this where there are various stages and, you know, like, you don't need to complete all of them to jump in right at the end to finish it. However, you get loot for other things. So let's say you're missing the loot from, you know, the baths or uh, from, you know, this one section or the other. Um, like some people will just hop into a raid, do that one bit and then jump out. And I think that can create a little bit of a problem if you can just like, if it doesn't really matter, like if you already completed, you know, some of the things on the checklist, because then you have people that might like, yeah, not everybody's going to go, oh, I only need to do the first part of this mission and then I can leave. Like, I think the solution to that would be basically saying that, okay, yeah, you only need to do the first part of this mission to leave, but it won't count if you quit the mission. You know, I, I think that's a potential solution. But in terms of uh, progress and what gets carried over, um, honestly, I think in terms of loot, um, Loot and uh, area, like uh, like uh, map unlocks or whatever, uh, you know, how more of the map unlocks uh, as you play. I think those things uh, should carry over. So if I get new weapons or if I get a new javelin or if I find a new area, um, I mean, if it's a plot area that I haven't discovered yet in my own story, I'm fine with it staying secret. But if along the way to an objective, like I find this really cool ruin, uh, or well, these really cool ruins, uh, you know, off to the side in this like really obscure place, I would like that to stay unlocked uh, on my map so I can go back there later. Uh, if for whatever reason I get teleported to a cutscene and never find my way back. But <laughs> I, 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 I just want the loot to carry over. I want uh, unlocks um, to carry over. Uh, I would like if I, I don't necessarily want uh to not have the ability to play through everything all over again if I start a new character. But I would like the option to skip cutscenes if I've if I've seen them before. Or maybe perhaps skip an entire mission if I played through the entire campaign before. Um, I think that would be um, a nice alternative to uh, 
because the whole thing is that you know like destiny 2 like if you start a new character you have to run through the entire campaign to unlock yep. certain things and that's annoying and if you could just skip through that but still have the option of playing you know through the story missions i would be fine with that you know if yeah. it, it, it basically it should be optional if you want to do it all over again yeah you shouldn't have to be shoehorned one way or the other that's my stance on it so mike what do you think I uh, I agree with a lot of the things that I said. Um, there are some times where I'd want to go back and do the campaign over, but I don't want to. But I don't want to have to do it over, unless there are different rewards for different classes. If I get something different for doing it with a hunter javelin versus a tank javelin, then then yeah, I can see the I can see the benefit there. Maybe not benefit. Benefit's not the right word, but I can see the. Uh, incentive incentive purpose maybe the purpose of having to do it over again but if it doesn't matter maybe not appeal the purpose from a from a gameplay standpoint that that if i have to do this again to unlock this skill tree or this piece of story then i'm okay with it but if it's but if it's not gonna matter then then no if if i can unlock you know said area for for every javelin class that I have, then then I'm all for that because I'm all for ease. I don't like things being too redundant and having to do things over again for the sake of doing them over again. Um, yep. So you know, if if it's a if it's a metric where where developers want me to spend hours in their game, um, I'd feel very cheated if if that's the reason that I'm having to do this over again, just so that it's just so they can say that. Yeah, we have we have thirty thousand players playing this game, you know, versus you know, or thirty thousand small number. But anyway, <laughs> um, just just meaning meaning that that if there's a purpose behind it, again, the same theme of of story driven. If it's story driven, if it helps me unlock things, if it helps me get to a certain place or or gain a certain attribute or or like I said, part of the story, then I'm okay with it. If not. I'd rather not do it over again. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, really, the the main things I want, you know, is obviously I want to be able to level up my character and any gear, uh, uh, weapons, uh, you know, customization pieces, whatever I find for the javelins that I'm using, I want that to carry over. Um, as far as the missions go, I don't know if it's too big of a deal or not. I mean, I guess it just depends on a lot of choices the developers make, you know, I mean, uh, uh, for replayability, uh, I would think if it's like story missions, you know, like a main story mission, uh, um, I don't think it'd be a problem if it, if it did check it off for me, you know, uh, if I'm in a different place, uh, maybe if when they get there, kind of in the same thing where it's like, give me the option, you know, like, uh, Steven doesn't want to do it. And then JD's giving me the option, you know, and, uh, I think if it would be cool if okay you played through with your friend you've completed half of these story missions you get up to that point and then it says hey we've we've noticed you've already played through all these story missions do you want to skip to the point where you're already where you left off you know where you've already completed up to uh, I think that would be really cool um, if you have that option again for me the main things I was concerned about is just you know if I'm playing in somebody else's game uh, what what can I bring back to my game and I guess it just depends on their choices and how the replayability is brought into Anthem and what we're going to do um, 
You know what I mean? If I'm just going to have to replay that story mission anyways, because that's what I have to do to continue to grind and level up my my uh, javelin, then it's not going to be a big deal for me because I'm just going to have to replay it anyways. So, <laughs> but um, I, I think, don't know. I, mean, I, th- I think the ultimate answer is, and this should be, you know, the answer for everything when it comes to game development, I feel, is that you want your players to feel like they are not wasting their time. And if there's any system in place to where you get done and I have to feel if I go play with Mike, I'm going to be wasting my time because I have already done this. Yeah. And that, and that has happened before, you know, in, in like uh, Destiny 2 and in other games, The Division, those kind of things. When I play with my friends and it's like, oh, you know, I've put way more time into this. They're behind. Oh, I have to replay the same mission again. I, I remember... When one of the expansions came out for Destiny, and I had taken the day off, so I'd already played through everything, and I had to play through that same set of missions like three times that day, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, because multiple <laughs> multiple friends jump on and like, "Oh, I'm doing this yeah. for the first time. Come in," and you're like, "I don't Come want in, to do like, that." Uh, I think right. you know, you know who Diablo does does it really well. That no matter when you jump in, you can still get items and you can still progress your character no matter where you jump in or with whom. Because yeah. it just scales the game to your level. And yeah, that, it scales you, the difficulty and I think that's good. Yeah, and you never feel like you're wasting your time because you can still get those drops no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. And Because you all, the, all the drops are individual, right? They're all right. for you, you know. And, right. Uh, and you never feel like you're wasting your time, so... There's like there's the there's the million dollar answer right there for everyone. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I think that's all we really need to talk about. You know, it's like we want. Uh, I had a couple other things, but you know, I don't want to ramble on. Maybe we can talk about them next next week for uh, you know what we really want in a co-op experience. And so maybe we can think about that this week, and then we can talk about it if there's no news uh, for next episode. Yeah, as long as we can easily mute party members, we'll be good. So. <laughs> I think that'll cut it. That'll that'll do it for this episode of the Freelancer Codex podcast. We'll also talk about. So I think Mike put this in here just real quick. I want to touch base on this. Um, spoilers. Do you guys are you guys like offended when someone spoils a movie for you or a book from you for you that you haven't seen that you're excited to see? Is that something that you know if if you go to EA Play? And you see the the whatever they're gonna show for Anthem, and someone hasn't seen it. You start talking about it, like, oh, don't spoil it. You can't talk about it. Do spoilers bug you guys? Because they don't bug me. Like everyone says that they bug them. I don't care if I hear spoilers I, for a movie. I think for me, it just depends on my level of investment into that whatever it is, whether it's a movie or a book or a video game. It's not too huge of a deal for me. Um, because a lot of times, uh, even you know, as growing up as a kid, I would read the last like chapter of the book sometimes. What? And then read the rest of the book. Hold on, where's the kick button? <laughs> so, because for me, it's like, all right, we know how it's going to end. That's cool. But now let's find out the journey and how it got there. And uh, you know, so it's not a big deal for me. I don't think. Uh, I think that was also because I, le- I read a lot of choose your own adventure books uh, when I was, I was growing up. And so even when I read the ending, it didn't even matter because uh, that wasn't the ending I got to a lot of times. 
<laughs> so uh, I don't do that with a lot of my current books. You know, I, d- I definitely don't do that on a regular basis. But I did that when I was younger, when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, so it's not a big deal for me. But I, I do – it can be annoying, uh, like I said. But that just depends on my level of investment. And uh, if I'm really stoked for a new book or a movie, um, I just try to avoid things. Or, so you know, a lot of times I'll spoil things for myself because I just can't you know, be bothered to wait and I'm too excited for it. And, uh, you know, so when people leak stuff, I go look for it. So, <laughs> yeah. Mike, you probably work in the worst place possible to try to avoid spoilers. Um, for me, for me, it's the intent of the spoiler. Like, like if, if you're, if you spoil something just so that you could spoil something, I have an issue with that. But if you do it accidentally, if you're having a conversation with a kiddo who went and saw the movie um, and they let something slip, ew, so, ugh. but then you have a little conversation, you know, hey, remember when people haven't seen stuff, you got to kind of let them know. I mean, I think it's a courtesy thing because yeah. I think I think people want to have those those experiences um, naturally and and, you know, and, and that we want we want that surprise. So, so if you do it accidentally, I'm okay with that. But if you're, but if you're that guy that, that puts it out there front and center, you know, your Facebook status is, you know, such and such happened in this. And and so, so it's there for everybody. Like, like I have a real issue with that. Um, A, it's rude, I think. And, and it's, it's not cool. Well, people, people like that don't have friends on Facebook anyway, right? Well, but. (laughs) Who would be friends with such a person? But I mean, they're out there. They're out there. I would assume, because mm. because I'm one that doesn't want to do that, and so there's a spectrum, and that means there's there's someone on the other side who likes to do that to people. Someone that brings balance to you is that what you're? Well, there's, there's a, a there's balance. balance in everything, right? There's That's a balance. true. So if you can you can so reach just, out and you can touch it. Just don't be that guy. Don't right. be that guy okay. or girl that spoils the stuff because. Because I will find you. I have a particular set of skills. JD, what do you think? I mean, I, I mean, I'm a substitute teacher. You know, students spoil things for me all the time. But I mean, it's it, it honestly depends. I, I mean, some uh, I, I've read before that having that having things spoiled for you can actually make you enjoy um, a, a a story more. Which I'm, I cannot remember the the source of those studies or oh, that was anything me. like that. So, <laughs> well, well, thank you, Steve. You and your team did an incredible job. I, uh, I mean, I, I will say that sometimes, sometimes I spoil myself. Um, because, Buy yourself something nice. Well, yeah, spoil, you know, uh, some chocolate. Put on. You a know, movie, I go out. Put on the notebook. Yeah, you know, something, something nice, something nice. But because uh, sometimes it's, um, it's it happens with anime all the time where um, an anime is out. I really like the characters. I really like the anime. Um, but the manga is much farther ahead and is moving at a faster clip. Oh, yeah. And and so instead of waiting, you know, like 25 weeks 
uh, and seeing, you know, like how certain <laughs> things pay off. I'll go online and look at like a summary of the manga or like something from their wiki page or something like that and figure out, you know, where this thing is going. So at least I have, I know if I have something to look forward to, because, you know, there are some things where it's like, okay, if you, even if I have it spoiled, I still want to see it, like how it plays out because no matter how spoilery the spoiler is, it, most people rarely include every last detail leading up to the spoiler. And sometimes it's exciting to see how something plays out. Like if you know the end point, but you don't know how they got there. It's still like really interesting to watch. Um, I don't like it when people um, like my brother, for example, like he came home today and right in the middle of dinner, you know, started spouting off spoilers about Avengers infinity wars. Like, I don't care about spoilers. Like, okay, yeah, sure. You don't care about spoilers, but you're not the one who's hearing spoilers right now. Yeah. It's, and that's how it, the it's a, it, started. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't fight with my brother that much, but I just, I do not like that level of one throw uh, punch solved it. Is all it took from JD. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't like that level of inconsideration. I, I I don't think it's necessarily a spoilers thing, just so much as uh, uh, an issue of people who are inconsiderate of others. It's like, oh, I don't care about spoilers, so therefore everybody else doesn't care about spoilers, or I don't care about um, uh, you know offensive jokes, so nobody else should care about offensive jokes. Like it's like it, a whole thing of like. Well, yeah, it's it's like, you know, it's that golden rule, like treat others the way you wish to be treated. And it's if you are some if you wouldn't want to have something spoiled for you, you shouldn't you shouldn't spoil things. I mean, and even then you should be thinking about what other people might think instead of just doing what you want, because you just don't care. I that's just my whole stance on spoilers. I like uh, like like uh, I think it was. Was it was it Mike who said he doesn't care if if it's about the intention behind it? Yeah, was that Mike? That was Mike. Yeah. yeah, that was me. Yeah, it, it it really depends. It really depends because if they're trying to do it just to like make my day bad, or if they just want to spoil things be, to be that guy, then yeah, I don't like it. But if they're but if they're spoiling things by accident, or if they're spoiling something for me because they know that spoiler would get me interested in actually seeing something that I wouldn't see otherwise, then I'm, I'm okay with that because sometimes, I mean, I've had that happen where, um, like I, I would have never watched a burn notice had somebody not spoiled a part of burn well burn notice for me. And I was like, wait, that happens. Oh my God. That's really cool. Cause I, I watched the first couple of episodes thought it was fun. But after, you know, the first season I was like, I don't really see where this is going. And then they spoiled something for me. I'm like, okay, I got to come back and take a look at this now. So. <laughs> okay. Well, and then, oh, Mikey, yeah, I'm going to spoil the end of Infinity War here. So, no. So, this has been the end of the Freelancer Codex <laughs> podcast. Um, I don't have my music queued up here. Something's going wrong with, with the music file. So, until I get my other PC back, you're just going to have to do with Michael singing the outro. Mike, start singing the outro, and I'll give us the outro. Okay. <laughs> Anytime now, Mike. Supposed to say, <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Start humming or singing. Give us, give us we, the music. Uh, we, we appreciate you uh, listening to oh, our podcast. Okay. We'll be I'll short one member next week. Even seen an untimely demise in a keyboard keystroke. Spoiler alert: Steven is not with us next week. Shaper storm coming. We'll see you on the other side. Oh, wow.